0: Welcome to Carrying Into the Void. I'm one of your hosts, Brock Wilbur. And I'm Jordan Shively. Jordan, how was your week?
1: My week's doing pretty good. Um, lots of work. Finally got finished with this
0: episode just yesterday, so ready to talk to you about it. I, uh, I just got back from St. Louis. Were you uh, a former stomping ground of yours? Yeah, I was
1: close to there. I, used to, I lived in Springfield, Missouri for seven years while I was a
0: seminarian feel like i got to go during the summer cuz uh, in in a very cold bleak winter day st louis is uh it's a it's 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 pretty bleak
1: oh yeah M- missouri has like the worst winter weather cuz it's not as cold enough like where i live right now in minneapolis to have like a true arctic winter where like you're like oh this is correct you know there's all this snow there's blizzards <laughs> this seems like the way it should be in a winter right. missouri just has like shitty ice you know it's like just bleak and ice but n- but no snow, <laughs> just you know, bad roads and ice. Yeah, stuff that'll hurt you, but isn't isn't memorable or fun. Yeah, with with none of the like benefits or like the aesthetic value of a real <laughs> winter. So, Jordan, what do you got for us this week? So this week I'm going to talk about the Husak Tunnel, um, and it's like a story of ghosts and murder and accidents and mining. So um, it's a very big complicated story that i am going to digest down into the the notes of the story that i thought were interesting but for those who want to go and research this it has a huge history and a very up to this day people are still investigating it and still i find a lot of urban explorers with their journal logs and stuff of going through the hoosick tunnel and a lot of modern day ghost hunters are still going through the hoosick tunnel which sounds extremely dangerous because trains still go through it. Um, (laughs) So I would say don't do that. So this week's story is going to come to us from the rugged lands of Western Massachusetts, which are somewhat dominated by the beautiful and remote Berkshire Hills. This area has been source of countless tales of mystery and hauntings, stories of the spirits in the forest, voices that have no source, and those who have wandered into the woods never to return. Of all these stories though, the most chilling though to me because i read some of the other ones too was the husek tunnel near north adams in the deerfield valley so this is the only reason the husek tunnel is super notable in history because it was one of the first huge mining tunnels that was that were made for like the train to go through and work started on it in 1851 and took 25 years to finish which in itself is crazy you know that when you think of these days like what construction project takes 25 years by the time the tunnel was finally finished more than 200 men had died in its construction they died in fires explosions tunnel collapses and in one case suspected murder oh my god and it was just too many deaths i know and, and you're like oh yeah of course there's some creepy shit's gonna happen when that many people die concentrated in one place um <laughs> And it, would be, it was going to be this, this reported cold-blooded murder that occurred in 1865 that would give the tunnel the beginnings of its reputation for ghosts. It was, that was the year that nitroglycerin became introduced into use for this type of work in America. And on the afternoon of March 20, 1865, three explosive experts named Ned Brinkman, Billy Nash, and Maringo Kelly went out with explosives to continue working on the tunnel. After they set their charges, though, for some reason, Kelly set it off when the other men were still over by the dynamite. Um, and soon after this accident, Kelly vanished without a trace. You know, like it happened, he came back, and then he just disappeared, leading many to believe that it was no accident. And he wasn't seen again until March 30, 1866, almost exactly a year later, when his body was discovered two miles inside the tunnel at the exact spot where they had died. He had been strangled to death. And the deputy sheriff Charles F. Gibson estimated that he had been murdered between midnight and three thirty AM that morning. No suspects were ever found and the crime went unsolved. One thing to note, like all the we read a bunch of things for these shows, and one of the things about this one is everyone is it's very documented. Like everyone has their full (laughs) names. They have exact dates and times for the things that happened. I guess that's partly because there's a huge mining company there. And I think they're, they're probably logging all the things that happen and they have like their own, I'm sure most of these kind of things had their own like police force and people in the area to keep control over a mining town. The construction workers, however, had their own ideas about who had killed Ringo Kelly. They believed that Kelly had been killed by the vengeful spirits of Brinkman and Ash. They came to feel that the tunnel was cursed and many of them refused to enter it again. Some of the crew members walked off the job and did not return. <laughs> this area where he had died it was a dark and brooding place with deep shadows and dripping water, and it became known as a place to shun. It was best to avoid it, and most people believe that this was the beginning of what slowed the construction of the tunnel down even more. This, however, wasn't the only horrible accident in air quotes to happen in the history of the Hussek. At this point the Hussek was more was more or less just a 538-foot pit into the earth that was going to eventually go down a 1,000 feet and meet a train tunnel down at the bottom. But at this point, it would, they just only dug out halfway, and every day, 13 miners would be lowered into it by a winch from a pump drilling station at the mouth of the hole. And yeah, if you are guessing that wasn't a good idea, it wasn't. On October 17, <laughs> 1868 there was an explosion in the pump house causing the entire thing to fall down into the hole, raining down drill bits and flaming wreckage on top of the miners who were down inside the hole. And because at that point, then there was no working pump, the hole also quickly began to fill with water so that these miners just had an entire pump house. I think I read 300 freshly sharpened bits were also dumped into the hole. Um, oh my god! They, they attempted to lower a miner named Mallory once again, completely all the names of everybody in a bucket down into the shaft to look for survivors. But the fumes in the hole quickly began to overwhelm him, and when they hauled him up, he was nearly unconscious and just gasping. No hope. No hope. Um, which you know, holy shit. It's like par for the course for these stories. The miners were considered dead and the hole sealed until they could figure out how to recover from this mishap and continue their drilling progress. Almost immediately though, there was a swath of continued spectral sightings that like an uptick in it, and report the reports of shrieking and moaning in the area that no one could pinpoint the source of. And there were educate- these were educated people, engineers and businessmen who were reporting these auditory occurrences. And from that time on, hauntings have continued on and off to this very day. Everything from violent poltergeist assaults on people who are hiking in the area, to deadlights, to to um, disembodied but helpful voices, warning miners of uh, something's about to happen. There was one is like, step back from the track, and then you step back and the electricity went through it because a breaker had blown. People periodically keep braving these tunnels and they emerge with harrowing stories of their experiences in the dark, echoing halls. And occasionally, Several times people have gone to do this and they didn't emerge and no one ever found them. Referring back to that um, pump explosion that I was talking about that they had sealed all those miners inside. Well, about a year after that accident, they decided to open up the shaft and start clearing clearing it out to resume drilling. And what they found down in that hole was more horrifying than any of the stories that had crept in the years since the pump explosion. They found bodies. All 13 of them and they found a raft. Apparently the men hadn't died immediately and had somehow cobbled together a raft from the debris that they could feel bobbing around them in the darkness. And they had died on that raft after who knows how long, alone, sealed off crying out into the dark and echoing watery grave. It was after this that the Hoosick Tunnel got a new name that it would be called in furtive whisters through the decades, and on until this very moment, they called it the Bloody Pit. So that's the story of the Hoosick Tunnel.
0: I uh, I want to advise everyone that listened to this to go ahead and just Google uh, image the Hoosick Tunnel, because uh, every picture of this, I can't tell, mostly if, if they're photos or they're artist renderings, except for one that I, Jordan I just sent a link to you. Uh, it's, a, it's an artist rendering of Mallory's Descent, uh, oh and, God! Uh, oh my God! It is. Uh, I want to frame that and hang that on a wall. Look at that goddamn pit. Uh, that is the scariest thing I've ever seen. And I read a lot of the Urban Explorer want
1: tales of it, and it's even like, they're like there's sparking things, and it's apparently in the middle. There's an abandoned observation pit, like pit that's like sparks with electricity still. It's a pretty oh, God. crazy thing. So good,
0: good to have that still open ended.
1: Jesus Christ! Yeah. So out of that we have our carrying into the void moment. If you feel everything has tumbled down upon you and the water is rising and you are alone in an echoing void, barely held afloat by the debris of the world that just collapsed burning down on top of your head, know this, there will be no shaft of light, no rope of salvation extended down to you. Stop waiting and push off the lie of safety that is huddling in the debris, and dive even deeper down into the swirling inky depths of the pit of your own apparent destruction. Sink below the burning refuse, down to where the solitude chills you to the very core, and then breathe in. Let it all fill you with the icy certainty that yes, you are most certainly going to die. But this this is not that moment and that that certainty that freedom from some fabled possibility of eventual escape is what will power you to rise from your torpor and scale the sides of your own pit bursting up from the watery grave to the astonishment and dawning horror of all those who wrote you off as dead well done sir (laughs) Uh, yeah, this was a good one. And I, I recommend people go and research it if they want that they feel like it. you, know, you don't have to, obviously, um, because there was so much information about this more than any other thing I've researched so far. And I only looked about like four or five of the sites that were available. And there was this, everyone's
0: written about this because it has such a historical part of like the tunnel and stuff, too. What a tribute to man's ability to just keep going, even after hundreds of people have died. Like, we're going to we're going to do this goddamn tunnel. (laughs) Yeah. So what you got this week, Brock? Uh, This week I got one. uh, So uh, there's a small Kansas town uh, that was originally named Deer Creek. uh, And uh, there's never been more than like five or six families ever living there. Uh, Back in the late in the mid 1800s, they formed a German speaking church. Uh, There's a couple of Dutch ancestry people there, and they renamed the city Stoll, S-T-U-L-L, after the postmaster who worked there, Sylvester Stull, uh, who basically is the only person that lived there or worked there that didn't, like, live in the church. Uh, he was just a postmaster. The U.S. Census Department decided to name the, the town Stoll because of Sylvester Stoll, which is already a great name. Uh, and so uh, they have... Their church and they have a cemetery, and over the years, uh, it came to be known uh, as the Stull Cemetery uh, because there were urban legends that uh, there's a there's a, a staircase in the cemetery that goes down, and that staircase actually goes to hell. Uh, and twice a year, uh, Satan himself actually comes out of the gateway to hell once at Halloween and once at the spring equinox, just to like check in, just so to see what's up. This is like the best cemetery. It's the best cemetery, and it's, it's also it's also a cemetery that has like 30 headstones in it, because like an asshole, I've gone a couple of times, and this is a, 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 a I'll bring it up on the show because I'm sure it will come up again, because I used to do this, I used to love to go to places like uh, Centralia where where silent hill is based on and stuff like that these small communities <laughs> where there's still yeah where there's just like a couple of people there and then you just like run around being such a dick about like oh cool this this stuff and they're just like please stop doing this please stop breaking in so like there is uh, there are like eight people that still live in Stull. Uh they all live like at the church and there is like an abandoned store and the abandoned post office they live in the hell church uh, Well, they live in a better church that's next to it because the other church uh, (laughs) sort of blew over a number of years ago on Halloween, uh, and then somebody demolished it, and no one was sure who demolished it for, like, a number of years until some guy that was like, I guess I technically own the ground, and I was just afraid that, like, people are always out there, somebody was going to be in the demolished church, and something was going to fall on them. So there's... A bunch of places where like it looks like the the stairway is supposed to be or it's inside of one of these larger tombs. So you can't really get into it. Uh, But like it is also the sort of thing that there is a very uh, obvious tracing of this back to uh, a couple of dudes at the Kansas University newspaper way back when pretty clearly made this story up. Uh, but then no one ever, like, stopped having fun with it. And, like, fraternity guys would go out there to, like, celebrate it. And it has grown into this thing that now the Pope won't let his f- plane fly over it. So it's this mythology that we, we can pretty clearly see where it started as this weirdo joke. But no one's ever stopped it. Uh, and it uh, it is actually the the scene of the, uh, the final showdown uh, in the fifth season of supernatural uh between the boys and the devil uh oh the the famous scene where they just forget they have a third brother after he's in hell yes that's the one uh and apparently the showrunners actually (laughs) wrote wrote the characters having been from lawrence from the from the start because of the stole thing uh so they weren't always leaning into that but the uh (laughs) every time in that show me my partner when they're like oh i'm glad
1: us two brothers are safe still we're like what about the other one who
0: you left in the <laughs> out who's still there? <laughs> so it, it got a level of national attention again uh, back in 2013, which is the last time I went, because uh, Ariana Grande was doing an interview uh, when she came through Kansas City, and she made her team drive her out to the Stoll Cemetery with her like crew. Uh, and this is what she had to say about it. I felt sick, overwhelming feeling of negativity over the whole car. And we smelled sulfur, which is a sign of a demon. Uh, And there was a flaw and there was a fly in the car randomly, which is another sign of a demon. And I was like, this is scary. Let's leave. And I rolled down the window before we left. And I said, we apologize. We didn't mean to disrupt your peace. And then I took a picture and there are these three super distinct faces in the picture and they're faces of textbook demons. And her interviewer is like. Let me see the picture and she says I deleted it. The next day I tried to send the picture to my manager and it said this file can't be sent. It's 666 megabytes. Oh, uh, I either there's so much to impact from that statement.
1: There's so like, much there's, she there's, just there's like a fly you know trolling demons. you this reporter to like the utmost degree to a, to a point of like I salute you, all right, Ana Grande, the artist whose name most sounds like a font type. Um, <laughs> But then all the things about, like, the obvious textbook demon photo. <laughs> ah, I like the idea that she might just be,
0: like, the really dweeby demon hunter in the demon hunting class. She, uh, she goes on. The interview is so long, and she goes on for weeks about, like, how she didn't sleep and, like, was so terrified stuff. I think my favorite part is rolling down the window and saying, I'm sorry, we didn't mean to disrupt your peace, and then taking a fucking picture. As if you're like, okay, well, I smelled the sulfur. I saw the fly, but it's time to get out of here. And demons don't like peace, man. They're chaos. (laughs) So, so my carrying into the void for, for the stall cemetery is this, uh, from the eternal shrines of your spirits to the Mason work that crumbles slowly from your physical vehicle, no matter what you were built for, there's always an alternate path. Perhaps you think you were built for the use of others. But that use is not the end of function. What is buried inside of you is what people will care about more than the costume you present to the world. But more importantly, you can reinvent your own mythology at any point, burn their limited summaries, call forth tremoring descriptions with only your order to command them, seethe your lexicon into the Big Inky, and craft your future from reconfiguring the unholy selfie of your past. I'm going to start using the Big Inky from now on. I like the Big Inky. It's a good one. (laughs) You know, just hanging out in the Big Inky. It's, 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 a, it's a more casual name for the void. Uh, so do you have any sort of self-care tips for the week? Uh, my only self-care I've been trying to do lately is to...
1: And then I just have tip of the iceberg on this, and I'm, uh-huh. not, I'm not good at it yet, but I, I've started thinking about it, which to me, in my very stubborn brain, is the first true step of like starting something in my life, is right. me thinking of it on my own instead of being told it by other people, which I just ignore. Um, so I've I've started thinking about trying to say no to, to projects or when I have a project like this, specifically in publishing, um, one of my other jobs is that letting other people take parts of it, you know, like, or being like, "This, this is too much work for me to get done in this time frame. instead of just going, Oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. And then just like having like no sleep for like two weeks, you know?
0: Delegating is not a term that anyone teaches you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and and uh, and my first career was as a chef, so delegating is part of being a chef. But also, ever saying that something is too much work is like you don't. It's part of the masochistic kill yourself as a being like a good thing as a chef, right? (laughs) um, Which is also I'm trying to unlearn that mindset as well. There's a lot of ingrained mindsets I'm trying to unlearn. I guess is my self care right now, trying to unlearn dot patterns that have basically broken my life. <laughs> I like so. that
0: a lot. I don't like that you're doing that, thinking about doing it. So thinking yeah. about it. yeah, that's that's basically doing it. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I have been walking around my neighborhood a lot more, and I have just started picking up trash. And it's amazing how much uh, coming home with just like a pocket full of trash and throwing it away. Um uh, makes me feel good. But also, uh, I, I got a real fuck you on that one because the other day I was out walking and there was just like a shit ton of pieces of paper in my neighborhood, like everywhere. And I was like, why are these all over the streets or whatever? And it's it's our neighborhood newsletter that somebody just thought they'd stick on the porch of everyone and then wind. Uh, so I was out there collecting trash from the neighborhood, actively promoting the neighborhood. And I was like, this is dumb. Uh, <laughs> I will go to the next uh, local neighborhood meeting and say, maybe don't just put those on porches. That's not how weather works. How about mailboxes? How about mailboxes? All right. That's good for me. Um, You got anything you want to promote this week? I just just
1: happy to be here. You got anything to promote? No, I'm just on at hottest singles on Twitter as normal and making shirts at void merch. So doing that. Gonna have oh, some projects. We're gonna
0: switch switch over our shop soon because you've transferred. Yeah,
1: I'm still transferring everything over to T Public, but it's I had over 300 designs, and they only let you do a certain amount every day, so it's still I'm still not completely transferred over. Gotcha. Um, and I'll keep running both concurrently. they will just be a secondary shop that offers more size inclusive sizing. Um, yep. But yeah, I have some more projects that are kind of secret at the moment that I'll be announcing in May. Um, so that'll be fun. Yay. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll see y'all next week. Remember, until then, keep your arts dark and true and your teeth
0: sharp and many. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.